thank you for joining us on the East Bay Bible Fellowship Podcast. Our prayer is that you'll be blessed by the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. We're located at 1361 High Street in the city of Alameda, California. For more information and service times, you can find us on the web at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Amen. Let's give the Lord Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Oh, hallelujah. Let's magnify the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, the book of Genesis, the first chapter, so good to be here with you tonight. And as Pastor Sutton already stated, it was not necessarily intentional, but I do feel good about what I'm about to preach and feel like God gave me a word in prayer. And I want to share that with you today. Love and appreciate the Sutton family and love and appreciate this church. Amen. Always feel at home here in uh, in Birmingham. Amen. Uh, But let's get right into the word of the Lord. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 4. Very popular passage of scripture. And it says, and God saw the light. Everyone say light that it was good. Everyone say good. Good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And I'm just going to preach to you on a phrase that's used uh, in this very same chapter, and I'm just going to use that as my title and simply entitle this message, Let There Be Light. Let there be light. Can we say that together? Let there be light. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that we've been able to come here together and pray together and rejoice together and weep together. And We pray now, God, that as your word goes over us, that it would heal us, that it would lift us, that it would redeem us and save us. God, I pray that tonight you would do something special in our midst and allow us, God, liberty and faith to move in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, and everyone shout, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. And you may be seated. Light was the first of all of God's creation. This is a rather odd thing, especially when you consider that there was nothing to benefit from it. Even stranger is the idea that God placed a value on it after he saw it by declaring it is good. How good could it possibly be? There would still be at least three creational days, or as some even speculate, thousands of years before the first form of life could even profit from light's powers. It is at this point in scripture that we stumble upon a wonderful and simple truth. And that is that light is good whether or not it has something or someone to illuminate. Its value is inherent and intrinsic. God made it good and that is enough. 
On many levels, we can comprehend the value of light. We know that it's good. We understand that its properties sustain various forms of life on all levels. Furthermore, we also understand that light has a speed that can be measured, which in turn helps us to predict the behavior of our universe. And some physicists, amen, will even tell you that light can be weighed. On the human level, we can't pull ourselves away from the value of light and its expression in our conscience and in our psyche. Humans use light as a means to bring awareness to the significance of any event. From holidays to birthday parties to funerals, our emotions insist on channeling themselves through lights. Our use of light in this way, whether we know it or not, is a subtle declaration on our part that something good is happening. Something we feel needs to be acknowledged as valuable and even memorable will always be marked by a light of some kind. Biblically, when we look at scripture, we discover that when God began to use ideas with which to make himself relatable and more comprehensible to the human mind, he chose light. When he said, I am the light of the world. It was the apostle John who would go on to say that the light, amen, was the light of men. What people have had to determine down through the ages is not whether light is valuable. We know that. But will we continue to value light as it travels from the scientific to the social and emotional and down into the deeply spiritual? This is not as easy as we might think. Consider how much easier it is to light a birthday candle than it is to reflect over another year gone by and whether or not we've lived up to our potential and purpose. It's a lot easier to measure the speed of light and talk about it than it is for us to ask ourselves, are we keeping busy with our plan and purpose? When human life falls under a flash of God's light, it is then that we discover whether or not light holds its value in our personal economy. It is interesting to note that when God looked at the darkness which was before creation, he had to command it saying, let there be light. There was then, as there is now, a disturbing resistance to light. We have to make room for light in our lives. Unfortunately, not everything occupying space in our soul, in our spirit, and in our mind is happy about moving out and being replaced by light. We have to make room for light in our lives. Light can be unnerving. It renders objects visible, showing both their form and their deformity. The very nature of things is better understood by way of light. Sometimes that is a beautiful thing. Other times it is not a beautiful thing. We don't always like light. In fact, when you read the Bible, you will discover that many times God had to shine light on his own people through sinners because they did not want to come to terms with who they were and what God's plan and purpose was for their lives. I'm reminded of the book of Exodus, amen, where the Egyptian women, speaking of the Hebrew women, say they are not like us. No doubt, these little Israelite women who had been slaves their whole lives thought, we are inferior to these Egyptian women. Even the Israelites themselves 
could not comprehend how they would ever become a formidable force and nation. It was Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who recognized these people will overtake us if we don't do something about it. At one point, Pharaoh even says, they are a mighty people. We are not always comfortable with the light that God shines in our lives. So much so that sometimes God has to bring up situations and other voices to speak to us, to help us, or at least try to help us, amen, to understand who we are. On Christmas morning, I woke up and I was actually thinking about a speech that Martin Luther King gave several years ago, just prior to his assassination in New York. But he said these words as he began his speech. He said, there comes a time when silence is betrayal. I believe that God feels this way. There will come a time where God, I think, will speak to us whether we want to be spoken to or not. Where God will flash his light over our lives. Because to not do so would be a form of betrayal. And God loves us so much. God cares about us so much. God has invested so much into us that he says, I refuse to stay quiet about this. You are not who you think you are. You are not who the world says you are. You are not... You are not who your past says you are. You are not who your critics say you are. You are not even the woman that you see in the mirror. You're not even the man. You're not even your position. You're not even your title. You're more than that. Hallelujah. Oh, let's magnify Jesus here. Hallelujah. 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 I want to challenge us today that no matter how uncomfortable the light of God makes us feel, we're going to continue to say it is good. And we're going to continue to declare from the depths of our soul, let there be light. God, whatever you show me, whatever you say to me, God, this year I'm going to receive it. I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to obey it. I'm going to do it. Come on, somebody. Can I preach to you that delayed obedience is disobedience? When God speaks to you, it's just time to get to moving. When God tells you something, it's just time to... Come on, let's magnify Jesus here. I promise you I'm not going to preach long tonight, but I feel like God wants to shine some light on some people. I think God, I, I think there's some people here that God wants you to quit seeing yourself as a loser, as somebody who cannot be employed, as somebody who cannot be used, as somebody who will never rise above their circumstances. That's not what my Bible says. My Bible says that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Oh, come on, let some of that light shine on you right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, for about five more seconds. Let's just magnify Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. I just want to talk to you very quickly about three particular areas of interest to me this evening. Number one, uh, it is found in Psalms 119 and 105. It says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When light shines on the places we go, we must continue to say it is good. What do you mean by that, Brother Prado? I'll tell you what I mean by it. There was times in my life as a newer convert when I began to realize I can't keep hanging out where I hang out. 
Oh, come on, somebody. There was times in my life when I figured out this little circle of friends is not is not all it's cracked up to be. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You, you, we've got to understand as human beings, our environments affect us. Uh, there's just places we can't keep going to and expect the Holy Ghost to go with us. There's just people we can't keep hanging out with. I am preaching to somebody right now. Amen. There is a, there is a greater version of you just on the horizon, but it begins with cutting some friendships off. It begins with... It begins with not going to some places anymore. It begins with not going back to some people anymore. I'm preaching to somebody that just over the holidays, God told you, you can't keep coming here. You can't keep hanging out here. This thing is killing your relationship with me. This thing is making you feel worse about yourself. This environment is destroying you. It's not good for your children. It's not good for your mind. Uh, It's not good for your soul. It's time to say, you know what? It is good. Uh, I receive it, God. Uh, I re- oh, Jesus. Oh, come on. Help me preach right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Let's magnify Jesus here just for a few seconds. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Let that light shine. Let that light shine on you. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I remember when I first started living for God, all of a sudden I started, uh, I stopped hanging out and stopped going to the places I used to go to. And, and it wasn't because I was an isolationist. I just determined in my mind, if I can't change my atmosphere, I'm not going to let it change me. Amen. And I tried to change my atmosphere. Amen. But I'm telling you, there was not a friend that I had. There was not an acquaintance that I had that I did not try talking to about Jesus. Uh, but when I saw that they weren't interested and when I saw that they were more critical of me for getting into church, uh, amen, than they were for me living in sin. Uh, I just knew this is not a place for me anymore. These are just people, and it's not because I thought I was high and mighty, quite the opposite. I knew in my own mind and in my own heart, uh, I'm not strong enough to withstand peer pressure at this level for long amounts of time. I'm going to have to find new places to go, new places to be, hallelujah. And I remember spending my time in church with people, amen, that I did not know and, and who spoke in a Christian language I did not understand Uh, and I came to church on more than one occasion feeling like I don't belong at the table here hallelujah but but God kept dealing with me and God kept shining his light on me and telling me this is where you belong this is where you got to be just stay right here it didn't matter how much I felt like the guy with the tie was so much better than me it didn't matter how much I felt like all these people don't have problems only I got problems God says stay right here amen you can't go back over there you can't hang out with that group of people it's going to kill you it almost did kill you it's going to I know when I'm preaching to somebody come on I love you and God loves you and you got to let the light of God shine in your hallelujah somebody shout amen The book of Psalms 27 in verse number one, a Psalm of David. David says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, for the last several weeks, I've been preaching to our church 
and I feel so strongly about this for all of God's people, we can't be afraid of people. There will come a time in our lives where God's light will shine and show us that we're cowardly, that we're overtly afraid of people that we have no business being afraid of. And, and please understand me, I'm not talking about being arrogant or condescending or, or flippant. I'm not talking about any of those things. But I think a lot of us sometimes, myself included, we walk around with the fear of people that we should not have. You know, fear is a really funny emotion. Uh, it's, when I think of fear, I think of, 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 of light shining through a prism that might go in one way, but it comes out various different ways. And fear doesn't always act the way we think it does. Fear is very unpredictable the way it can manifest itself. In fact, fear is so unpredictable and it's so, so, it has so many variations to it that Jesus said, you know what? There's only one person you should fear. That's me. Let's just, let's just keep fear in check and just you fear God and nobody else. Because if you're not careful, fear, you know, the Lord told Israel, said, I'll put the fear of you in all the nations. And you know, when you look at the fear that the nations have even today of Israel, it's not, it's not that they tremble and they shake. It, it actually manifests, manifests itself in aggression. They got missiles pointing at them all day. You know, because sometimes the way fear manifests itself is an aggressive behavior. It makes people preemptively attack. It makes people violent. And if we're not careful, we can lose our testimony because we're so afraid. We're so paranoid. We think, we think so little of ourselves. We give God such little, such little credit for all that he's done in our lives. And we walk around with the tuck head and we're intimidated left and right. I just think it's time for God's people to fear God. Amen. And let the chips fall where they may. Come on, I'm not, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I just want you to know you don't have anybody to be afraid of. You don't have anybody to be intimidated of. You don't need to feel lesser than. God has done something good in your life. And he, come on somebody. I'm preaching to somebody who's still scared of their mama at 50 years old. I'm talking to somebody that you still do what your dad says and you're a grown man. It's time for you to stand up. Hallelujah. Man up, woman up. Hallelujah. And be the person God has called you to be without fear, without faith. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to be afraid. I will fear God and God alone. And somebody say amen. amen. Matthew 5 and 14, and I'm almost done. Matthew 5 and 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. We are light. We have to let our light shine. And you have a reason to let your light shine. You know, and I don't know how everybody feels about this, but let me just say this, and let's just take it for what it is. When people get happy, there's lights involved. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're coming out of Christmas, and, you know, one of the signs of celebration and happiness and holiday is lights. People start putting lights up. 
And you know, I know people that say, oh, that's pagan. No, it's a little, it's more than that. It's human. It's just what humans do. Doesn't matter if we're at a concert, a birthday party, a funeral. We're just, if it gets us, there's somewhere a light is going to come on. The club, it don't matter. Like, the lights are going to be involved. But we have several neighborhoods or streets where we live that they will really go all out. And I mean really light stuff up. So my wife said, well, let's, let's go over to this side of town. And there's the side of town where we live. Uh, there are millionaires. I mean, there are million-dollar homes. I mean, they are, they're huge. They're, they're very expensive. Uh, and they're very old. Some of these houses are over 100 years old. And uh, they're Victorian. And they're very, uh, they're, they're, some of the houses are opulent. And they're just, but they didn't have any lights. And you would think the people with the most would have the most lights. And it seemed like the poor neighborhoods was really lit up. I mean, the lower you went, the brighter it got. God help us to realize how much we have. God help us to celebrate that and be a light. God help us to realize, you know what, God has healed me before. God has given me a job before. God gave me this wife I got. We might have come to church fighting tonight, but God did give her to me. Amen, hallelujah. God gave me these kids. We couldn't even get pregnant, and here we are with one, two, three kids now, hallelujah. God gave me this wonderful church. I was on the brink of suicide, and I was depressed, and I was an alcoholic and I was on my way to nowhere and God saved me right here. God got me through college and God got me through come on I'm going to be a light. I'm going to shine, shine why? Because light is good light is good, light is good it doesn't lose its value I don't care what's going out I don't care what's going on in the world I don't care if we're on the brink of another world war it's still time to shine this light is good this gospel is good what God has done in your life is still good and it still needs to be talked about and it still needs to be shared and it still needs to be declared and it still needs to be spread oh come on somebody Somebody magnify Jesus. I want to preach till somebody goes to work tomorrow and tells their coworker just how good God is. I want to. Oh, Jesus. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, I feel Jesus right now. When God moves on you and shows you it's time to be a light, you got to do it. You know, there are several different ways God has made us a light. And I don't have time to go into all of them. But one of the ways that God has made us a light is by the way we dress. By the way we dress. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't believe that these days. 
And, and, and sadly enough, there might even be some people here that have some trepidation about that and say, you know, I don't think all that's necessary. Well, it is necessary. We are living in a world where, where genders are being blended and, and people are confused. Amen. But the church is not confused tonight. The church is not confused. Politicians might be confused. Governments might be confused. Society might be confused. Amen. Millennials might be confused. People all over the place might. But the church is not confused. The church is standing on a good word. And it's been good since Genesis 1. And it's good now. Well, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, this is good. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. Just the other day, we, 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 uh, uh, we had a guest preacher come to our church, and uh, he, was, he, was, uh, he was about to speak, and so we went out to, to dinner a few hours before uh, he got up to preach, but uh, we took him to this kind of really odd restaurant, to say the least, um, and uh, our waitress came over to us, and uh, she looked very odd. She blended right in with the restaurant, and uh, uh, she, she just... She looked like she had just ran into a rainbow. I mean, she just, her hair was just several different colors. And uh, she had piercings all over her face and tattoos. And, and, uh, but she was, she was extremely polite. And uh, my, my, my friend, uh, his wife was with us. And uh, the girl just kept talking to his wife and talking to his wife, talking to his wife. And, and she was taking our orders and... And she, she finally looked at her. She said, y'all are Pentecostal, aren't you? And uh, we were like, yes, we're Pentecostal. She said, oh, I know. She said, I was raised Pentecostal. She said, I know all about it. She said, I was born and raised in Louisiana. She said, I went to every camp meeting there was, junior camp, youth camp, Louisiana camp meeting, you name it. I was there. She said, my mom is Pentecostal. And, and if I would have just judged by looks, uh, I, I probably never, never would have figured out that this woman had such a rich history and she started naming off preachers she was related to and, and we were just sitting there just with our jaws open and she said, you know, when I saw your wife and she pointed at my friend's wife, she said, when I saw your wife, I just, I just knew you were a Pentecostal. She said, and you know what? She said, I moved all the way out here to California from Louisiana because I didn't want to be bothered and I was tired of people making fun of me. She said, but since I've been here, she says, I can't get over the idea that I got to find me a church and get myself checked back in. Come on, somebody. Just be a light. Just let your light shine. Don't have two wardrobes. Don't have two dress codes. This is good, and it's always good. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody right now. We don't need to hide. We need to come out. We need to shine. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us right now. Every hand lifted up just for a few seconds. I'm almost done, I promise.
Jesus. 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 Just a few seconds more. The Holy Ghost is talking to somebody right now. He told all over, this is good. God's design is good. Every hand lifted up. Come on, just let that sink into your spirit. Come on, metabolize that right now. Come on. He Come on, God's talking to somebody. You've been going to you've been going to the job and slipping, been losing your testimony. Hallelujah. Laughing at the wrong jokes, acting the wrong way. But God has come here tonight. Hallelujah. To refresh your spirit. Hallelujah. And send you back out into the world on fire. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Let's all stand. I finish with this. You know, this whole service, something that kept coming up was the subject of war. In Isaiah 59, the people of God are a mess. And the Lord is looking for somebody to 
step into the battle. And it is a moral battle. It is a battle for the minds of people and the hearts of people. And the Lord says that he could not find anybody. And then all of a sudden the Lord begins to speak something. And he says that he puts on armor. He puts on a breastplate of righteousness, a helmet of salvation. And God says, if nobody will go to war, I will go to war. And I will fight for the minds and the hearts of people. But then the Apostle Paul, thousands of years later, he exhorts the New Testament church and he says, put on the armor of God. And he is literally talking about the armor that God used. And what he is saying is, you go to war. God went to war, you go to war. God fought for minds and hearts and lives, you fight for hearts, minds, and lives. We don't just stand by on the sidelines and watch the world go to hell and praise God that we got saved. That's not how this works, honey. You've got to put on the armor of God and God has taken his armor off and he is looking at us now and he says, you put it on. Don't be afraid, don't cower down. Be a light. You ain't got time to go back to your old friends. It's time to go to war. You ain't got time to go back to your ex-boyfriend. It's time to go to war. You ain't got time to be afraid of anybody. It's a season of war. You... I know the darkness is getting, amen, to a lot of people, but it's a time of war. Put on the armor of God. Oh, Oh, come on, come on, come on. Every hand lifted up. As the musicians begin to sing, we're going to let the Holy Ghost renew us in our minds and in our hearts. Hallelujah. I want you to make a personal commitment tonight before you leave this place. I'm going to go to war. I'm going to go to war on the job. I'm going to go to war in prayer. I'm going to go to war for my family. I'm going to go to war for my children. I'm going to go to war for my backslid husband. I'm going to go to war for my backslid wife. I'm going to go to war. I'm going to go to war. I'm not going to just stand by. Amen. I'm going to rise. Hallelujah. I'm going to be a light. I'm going to shine. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be a quiet Christian. I'm going to be vocal. I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight. Every hand lifted up right now by the power that is in the name of Jesus by the authority that is in the word of God Lord I pray that you would clothe us in light right now in the name of Jesus God I pray that anything and everything that is opposing our witness that is standing in the way of us being triumphant the church triumphant in these dark days God I pray in the name of Jesus hallelujah that it would be removed that it would fall and God that our mouths would open and that we would speak the word of God with boldness in the name of Jesus everyone shout in the name of Jesus if it's appropriate I want you to lay your hand on the person next to you and I want you to pray for them I want you to pray for their family I want you to pray for their loved ones I want you to pray that this year this year there'd be a harvest 
There'd be a harvest that comes out of their home. There'd be a harvest that comes out of their school. There'd be a harvest that comes out of their job. There'd be a harvest.